I think people underestimate me. And I think anyone who's looking, thinking, how do you, does, does he do it? How does she do it? Should never think that. I want to do the absolute most that I can to protect myself as I get older. Welcome to The Energy Equation, the podcast that takes a deep dive into how we use, manage and unlock energy. I'm Ollie Patrick and I'm a physiologist with years of providing healthcare to people at the top of their game. Every episode, I invite a guest onto the show to discuss their lifestyle. But there's a catch. They've been wearing a state-of-the-art health monitor for three days, so there's nowhere to hide. This approach will give you an understanding of how they go about managing their energy levels through busy careers and personal lives, in the hope that you'll learn from their successes and their mistakes. I'm so excited that the guest on the show today is Stacey Solomon. With a career ranging from TV appearances on Loose Women, Celebrity Juice and her own show Sort Your Life Out, to a previous career as a singer, to a range of entrepreneurial adventures, but she's also a friend of mine, a close personal friend. So I've coerced her into coming on the show because I'm fascinated, like many people are, in how she does it all. And in this episode, we look under the bonnet and work out how Stacey delivers such a range of outputs with a huge family demand and is able to be a true representation of a working mother in the modern world. So let's find out how she does it. Stacey Solomon on The Energy Equation. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We're going to start with a, a welcome. Stacey Solomon on the Energy Equation podcast. This is a dream for me. Oh, stop it. I'm excited to be here. Anything you do, Ollie, I want to be a part of it. Well, we'll add some context to that later. <laughs> But what I, do, what I do want to start with <laughs> is there, there might be a person listening to this who doesn't know you. I don't know who that person is, but there might oh, be a I'm person. I'm sure there's plenty of people. Well, they're in for a treat. <laughs> if I describe you, oh, do God. I describe Stacey Solomon, mother of five? Yes. Wife, entrepreneur, oh. TV presenter, designer, 
musician. You're really building me up here, Ali. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you describe yourself as? I don't know. Just Stacey Solomon gives everything a go. Uh, <laughs> Jack of all trades, master of a couple, but not all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I am, Ollie, to be honest. People always ask me that. And you know when you have to fill out forms yeah. and you have to put your job description in? I never know what to put in. And I always go for, like, entertainer. Entertainer? <laughs> I know, like I'm a clown or something. I don't know. <laughs> you are more than an entertainer. <laughs> you do entertain. I think, you know, when I when I poll my friends, not that I go around asking my friends about various people I know, um, <laughs> but if the name Stacey Solomon comes up, there is a, a genuine sort of visceral reaction of of pure joy. And I think if I had to sort of frame, you know, I'm in my mid-40s, but loads of my female friends aren't just following you. They are obsessed by you. No. They are. I feel that I've got, I feel like I I am obsessed with people too. So maybe that's why people feel that way especially on social media I feel like I'm always talking and interacting with my friends <laughs> I love to build like big communities and talk to people and I want to know about how other people are feeling and what they're doing and why they're doing it I'm so interested in everybody's different journey in life and I think that's why I just love reaching out to people and just being a part of like these big spaces and communities. And yeah, I guess that's maybe that's why. Now, this podcast is about energy. Yeah. And, and again, from the minute I've met you and, and the persona that comes across, you know, you would be described as a high energy person. Yes. Do you feel like a high energy person? I certainly feel like I'm living a high energy life. <laughs> Whether I'm a high energy person or not, I don't know. I do feel that I've always got some kind of enthusiasm. I've got an enthusiastic disposition, like naturally, and I'm always quite upbeat and happy. And I say that as, I laugh as I say that because I think it's weird. <laughs> and I think even my parents thought it was weird. Like, you know, I was just always really like jolly, like overly jolly. Always. Always. I don't know why I'm like that. I think it probably comes, I think a lot of people when they meet me in real life are surprised that I'm still jolly and upbeat, but I don't, that's just the way I am, the way I work. I think it also comes with its own connotations and people think it means you're stupid or not really all there or not in the room half of the time. But I am, I'm just really happy about it. Do you know Such what I mean? an interesting piece. And do you think that's the biggest misconception of you, that, that being enthusiastic and, and optimistic means you're not savvy or worldly? Yeah, but I don't mind it as a miscon as misconceptions go. It's quite a good one yeah. because I think people underestimate me, which is always easier to impress. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If people expect me to be sort of like zero on an intelligence scale, I only have to do something moderately bright, <laughs> and people think I'm a genius. So I think that's it works true. In my it's favor. a low bar. And all this when we were introduced, which was probably ten years ago, by one of the cleverest people I know they introduced you as one of the cleverest people they know. And I thought, Aww. oh my God, you know, this is serious. But again, that that sense of, there's different types of intelligence, but certainly your ability to connect with everyone would be a key trait of yours. I think it's one of the things I want to instill in my children the most is that the conventional form of education is great and some people are good at it and some people are natu have natural ability in other areas. But I really want my children to be emotionally intelligent and enjoy their life and enjoy people. And, and, and that's something I get a great joy out of is having connections with other people. And that I care more about than what my Mensa score would be. Yeah, totally. How do you 
work that muscle in kids? There'll be lots of people who want emotionally intelligent kids. Is there anything you do consciously? Is it just being around you? I'm trying to think now. Emotional blackmail? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, do you know what? I think it's just giving them the other angle all the time. So they'll come to me and say, oh, so-and-so's this, or this this happened, and I hate this, or I don't like that. And it's like, okay, but what about the other side of it? What about how the other person might be feeling? What about if you were in that position? And I think it's always offering them an alternative viewpoint is really important to sort of exercise that that muscle, if it were a muscle. Yeah. Um, other than that, just for me, my parenting, and, and I don't know if it's parenting or neglect, but I <laughs> I feel that you just the easiest way for me to parent is to let them be who they're going to be. I think for a long time with Zachary, I had him so young, I felt that I needed to turn him into something. That was my job, was to like mould him into something. And where that may be true to a certain extent, actually what I realised as he's got older is that they're going to be who they're going to be. And letting them be who they're going to be is the real joy of parenting and finding out who they are and they were always going to be that person as a parent myself it's a joyous and heartbreaking revelation and energy again i want to bring it back to because you know i i sense energy in abundance and you say mm. it, it's there where does it come from if we take a sort of helicopter view of you and energy and we had to rate you out of a hundred across physical energy mental energy emotional energy spiritual energy what would you give stacy i think i've always got loads of energy I think I've always got more energy than I should have for the amount of tasks that I'm fulfilling in the day. But I feel that you drag it from somewhere. Like you always get up and you think, I've got to just find that energy, go do it and go finish it. And, and you, and you look forward to the days when you don't have loads on the to-do list, which isn't often when you've got kids. When, when is that day? (laughs) I don't know. There are times when like, Joe, because me and Joe share the share child, the childcare between the both of us. So if I'm working, he's at home. If he's working, I'm at home. So there are rare occasions when, like, my older boys go to their dad's houses every other weekends, and the, my dad, my dad's an amazing granddad. So sometimes he'll get, say, "Can I take all the kids out?" And he'll take the kids out. And there are days when I'm like, "I can reset." This is a chance for me to like build up some energy stores. Um, but also, I think we're just honest about the time of life that we're in this is the time of life where you power through every single second of each waking day if you want to make the most of it and if you want to get everything that you can out of it and you just got to suck it up like it's going to be hard and you're going to be tired we've got a new not newborn but she's nine months old she's still waking up in the night so we're sleep deprived we are working as hard as we can to try and make sure we fulfill our goals and our children's futures it's that point in life where you just have to go 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 so i think the acceptance is key to the energy if that makes sense it makes perfect sense i think there's an Mm. there's an obsession with recovery at the moment in terms of i turn up to a a gym there's a recovery suite and there's people (laughs) jumping in ice baths i think there's a really powerful message there that, that there's certain stages in life when you have got to just push recovery is i think I I think recovery is obviously the most important thing, but it can be really anxiety-inducing. And actually, it's a real privilege because recovery, when you're in your 20s to 40s, 50s, and you're in that prime of working as hard as possible, building your career, getting to the top of your career, having kids, having a family... Where is recovery? And sometimes the more I worry about recovery, the more stressed I am. So I'm better off letting go of the recovery and just pushing through and saying, <clears throat> sorry, Stace, but you're not recovering this week. You're recovering <laughs> next week. Get over it. That Such is life. Do you know what I mean? I do. I do. And I think there's a real truth to that. I think there's a, there's a 
there's a counterpoint to that, which is part of the reason we got you to wear this funky monitor <laughs> for three days. I'm not excited about the results. Uh, and we'll share those results in terms of how much recovery in terms of pure physical recovery there is in, in your life. I'm still going to hold you to a score. You've got to give yourself a score out of 100. Like 90? Yes. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to keep that in a frame. So okay. again, that means there's 10 Ask me more. tomorrow when I get up at 5 a.m. <laughs> well, zero. <laughs> and you know, clearly the, a lot of this is about how you do it. I think a lot of people see what you do and they see the expression of your talents into TV programs, into Instagram, into developing you know, clothing ranges for, for big brands. And they would sit at home and wonder, how does she do it? And I think that's a bit we want to unpick a bit today. I couldn't sit here and say I do it all on my own because I don't. I have an, a huge family. I'm one of seven siblings. My mum and dad are incredible. Joe ha comes from a family where they're really helpful as well. And without the village, and I'm not joking, it's a full village. Yeah. Without the village, we couldn't do what we do. I couldn't take the opportunities that I've taken because I wouldn't have anyone to take care of the kids. And me and Joe always wanted it to be, you know, within our family as much as we possibly could. And I think anyone who's looking, thinking, how do you, does, does he do it? How does she do it? Should never think that. Just worry about how you're going to do it because because everyone's circumstances are different. Everyone's life is different. We, we have the privilege of family and help and people who will step in and go, do you want us to do this? Do you want us to help with that? That's a, an absolute privilege. And we wouldn't be able to do that without that. I've got friends, you know, who have got kids and no family around them and no help and they're working jobs and the childcare costs more than the job that they're earning but they need to go out for their own sanity and people are just trying to make ends meet and get through the breadline and and my situation isn't applicable to everybody else's situation I'm in a really privileged position I feel you know so that's how I think I have the privilege of help friends family um I also have the privilege of less financial worries than most people because of my job so all of that kind of is on my side mm. and and I so I think it I, I, I wouldn't ever want anyone to look at me and be like oh how can I achieve all of those things well if you had my mum my dad my sister and everybody else helping you in between you would do you know what I mean beautifully put and and from a lifestyle point of view because I want to get into that you you have a lifestyle that allows you to keep doing these things we hope we're yes. going to find out in a minute <laughs> so in a minute we're going to look at how you cope with stress we're going to look at how well your sleep recovers you. We're going to look at your fitness level um, and more. So we're going to okay. find out some of these. And if we take a sort of step back and say, let's look at some of those things in in detail, because I think people would be really interested in, in what you do. I'm interested. Well, I want to start with, actually, we've seen a lot more content around fitness recently from you. Yes. And, and some really exciting fitness work. So what's what's your relationship with fitness and, and what does that look like on a weekly basis? I've always, since I was a kid, been sporty, like really enjoyed sports. I'm very competitive. I love a competitive game. But I had three children in four years. So after I had my last little girl, I just thought, that's it. I'm definitely not having any more. My, honestly, my womb cannot cope. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm going to stop and I want to get back into the things that make me feel good. And I want to feel athletic again because I did feel really unhealthy. Not unhealthy in the sense of... I, did, I wasn't particularly, like, abusing my body. I just felt lethargic and I just felt like I could feel better if I just got a bit of exercise in. So my sister's a works, uh, she's a master trainer at Barry's Boot Camp. So she's been waiting for me to get on this fitness journey for so long. And as soon as I said it, she was like, right, that's it. We're going for it. This is it. You're going you're gonna to fall back in love with it. And I didn't believe her, and I'll be honest with you, for the first three months, I just thought, why? Why would anyone do this to themselves? Why would anyone put them through this 
you know, a horrible feeling. But now I'm about six months in and I feel horrible if I miss a workout or if I don't just go for a walk or a run or something. And I blooming hate running. Ollie, I hate running. But now I love running. That, but that, <laughs> it's so weird. That alone is such an interesting message. And you, because you physically didn't enjoy exercise. Not at and, all. And now... Is the feeling during exercise changed? No, I'd say the feeling during exercise is I'm going to die. Excellent. Still. (laughs) But it's the feeling afterwards. I feel like I've, I just feel stronger for one, which makes me feel great. You know, when you, I'm picking up all of my kids all of the time, even just getting them in and out of the car seat, getting the pram out of the boot, all of that stuff is effort. After six months of training, I feel like it's so much less effort to do those things and playing with them when they want you to pick, pick them up and throw them around and jump them up. Just having the strength to do it and to do it with ease feels so good. And I think that's what really feeds into me wanting to go back to the gym the next day is how I feel afterwards and how I feel after like doing it for a, for a long time. That's a beautiful functional example. I think, you know, that ability to hold a kid and and to, to move things in and out without help is crucial. And is it is it mostly strength training for those people who sort of love the detail, cardio, strength, flexibility? I do a bit of everything. So with my sister, we do barriers a couple of times a week, which is more high-intensity interval training, which is more cardio for me. I pick up smaller weights and I just do it for the cardio. Yep. Um, and then at least three times a week we try and do some kind of weight training. Because um, I remember you said to me, once you hit 35, all your muscle mass depletes and you're not going to be able to do anything, so start weight training. I was like, okay. None of this is for what I look like or, you know, anything like that. It's all, I want, I'm so conscious that I want to grow old with my kids and be able to still do the same stuff and be fun with them and run after them. I want to be functional. I want to feel... Just I just want to feel good. And also, my, you know, mum. Mum has, like, different problems and stuff with her mobility. So I I don't want to, not don't want to end up like her, but I want to do the absolute most that I can to protect myself as I get older. Beautiful examples. And I, and I think that delaying of ageing is, is a crucial piece. Being functional is a crucial piece. Did you post, the, the you know, your last daughter, have to do any sort of particular postnatal work or no i thought you know every child i'll just have like a more ruined and ruined postnatal (laughs) journey but apparently i think my muscles have got stronger and stronger after each child i've been absolutely fine i can still go on a trampoline without wetting myself (laughs) i've never had issues there i might have them as i get older but i definitely i I also am one of them weirdos who does a pelvic floors all the time like now you've mentioned it i'm sitting here thinking oh yeah i better do it i better do (laughs) and it's not that weird it might be weird weird, but i'm obsessed with it like i don't want to i don't want to wet myself when i laugh do you know what I mean? And and when I've been pregnant, at the end of pregnancies, I definitely have that yeah. feeling that I'm, I'm out of control. Happen. Exactly. So I've always been really weird. And I'm, <clears throat> I had Zachary when I was 17. And I remember the nurse saying it to me that, you know, if you don't do your pelvic floors, everything would just go yep. south. And that scared me as a 17 year old. I thought, oh, I don't want to be wetting myself like when I laugh at 17. So it really ingrained in my head. And yes, I'll be washing up and I'll be like, Joe, like, are you all right, Joe? Joe, be like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, just do floors. Uh, so, have you done them since seventeen? Always since seventeen. That's such yeah. a great example. 
But I had a baby at 17. No one has a baby at 17, do they? No, people do, but they probably don't have the discipline to always to do the pelvic floor work. It's a crucial piece. I don't think it's discipline. I think it's education. I think like when I, that, that midwife who said to me, you know, this is what happens if you don't do pelvic floors, gave me a, gave me great advice. And some people don't get that same advice, especially not 15 years ago. Um, So I think I was lucky. I think I had really good advice. And I'm also a really paranoid person, as you know. So good advice plus paranoia (laughs) equals life change. Compliance. (laughs) (laughs) Paranoia can be used to your benefit. (laughs) So I think, you know, within that, that's a beautiful regime. And you feel it's working? So it's bringing... Yeah. Yeah, well, we did my body fat, didn't we? We did. We did my body fat. It's up to you to share that. Oh, is it? Sorry. We did that years ago. Just as part of our general like checkup, and it was what was I? Thirty-one percent. Thirty-one, and you said all. Oh. <laughs> I was. It was. It was thirty-one, but your weight was quite light. Yes. So what we had was that you didn't have too much fat, but you were a little bit lacking in muscle. Yes. And we've always got that eye on. Well, what would that mean from not just how many calories I burn, but also regulation of hormones and and regulating bone. And so at that point, but equally, you know, there were several pregnancies still to come at that point. <laughs> Three pregnancies <laughs> Three later. Pregnancies later. And a bit of a gym workout. And now you're and in. And I'm 26. 26% body yeah. fat, which is, which is beautiful. So again, for females, we love it, you know, below 31, 32%. So to be 26% is a, such a clear reference point that you've been weight training. You know, and you've built muscle and you've lost a little body fat. And as you say, that's not about the aesthetic. This is me. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing's going to change. I go to the gym every single day and I still look exactly the same. Brilliant. So that's in place. Diet. Talk to me. I just had a sandwich. <laughs> a, <laughs> a it was very... a halloumi wrap. Great. Great. <laughs> you know, and, and diet, uh, you know, do you have a strategy with it? Is no. it? No. But no, you eat. I just try and eat. I just try and make choices that everyone makes I guess like should I go McDonald's on the way home probably not do I sometimes yes I think it's balance for me and I think anywhere where I tell myself I can't ever have that is a real trigger for me I don't want to restrict myself I don't want to tell myself I can't have anything so I just do things that are manageable Mm. I make homemade dinners but I don't think about what carbs I'm having what fat I'm having I don't think about any of that stuff I've got five kids I don't have time for that Um, but two I think that if ever in my life I have tried to restrict myself in terms of diet or or really like be rigid it's actually only made me unhappy so I just try and eat the things I like eating and cook as much as possible that's the key for me is if I can eat cooked food that's not processed then I'm happy I don't care what it is it can be all the potatoes all the fat all the everything as long as like I know I've cooked it or someone's we, we've cooked it at home and and do you have a love of food I love food so much I love food I love eating I love making food I really like food I also think it's each to their own like for for some people, having a, a regime and having a plan, meal plan as prep, that works for them. And I think that sometimes we're so worried about what is so-and-so doing, what is this person doing, what is that person doing, when actually what works for you, that's what you should be doing. If it works for you, then then great. Don't worry about anyone else. Everyone's body's different. Everyone manages things differently. Everyone's lifestyle's different. Everyone's work hours are different. So just do what you can. Totally agree. And in terms of time to eat? 
Do you get time to eat? Yeah, like just now. <laughs> I came in, sat and had some of my sandwich. Uh, yeah, I, I don't love breakfast that much. I don't like eating in the morning. It makes me feel a bit queasy. Yeah, I don't like it. I think, oh, I can't be bothered to eat. Um, but then I get really hungry throughout the whole day and I'll just eat. So I've had a bit of my sandwich and then I'll have a bit more in a minute. Then I'll keep eating it all the way, all would, the way home. Would you ever sit... Do you ever get to sit and eat? We always sit for dinner. If we're home for dinner, we always sit around the table. But again, I'll do the same thing. I'll eat my dinner, then I'll have another snack after dinner. Like, I, I do like to consist, keep eating all the time. <laughs> when, I've, when I've started, it's like a non-stop trail of eating, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> lunchtime and 7pm. <laughs> I and, just don't stop. And any energy dips? I think my energy dips are psychological. So when I know that there's a period of time, like when the kids go to bed... When I'm, if I know that I'm about to take them to bed, then I'll, I'll go up and, and my body starts to shut down as well. So I'll often find myself falling asleep as I'm putting them to bed or just as I put them to bed, I'll lay on the sofa for like me time and five minutes later I'm like, <sighs> gone. Which would be what sort of time? Nine. Okay. Ten. Yeah. That's normal. No, I'm such a loser. It's not a loser. Just, There'll be a lot of people saying, thank God. I'm waiting for there to, to be a nine. time. I'm waiting for there to be a question that makes me sound cooler. You're but there aren't any. Everyone. I'm very sad. Nine is the new 11, I promise you. There's people out here going, at last. That's what 30 to 40 year olds tell themselves. Everyone wants to go to bed at nine. They're just pretending. <laughs> and from a sleep point of view, is sleep a foundation of you having good energy? I think pretty it good? must be. Because Joe, Joe reckons that I do certain things in in my sleep that I don't remember at all. Like? he, So I, I'll wake up with a baby, feed the baby, put her down, and I won't even remember that. So I feel like I wake up for the moment, feed her the bottle, put her down, and then I'm straight back into like deep, deep sleep again. And he'll be like, oh, she got up twice last night. That was a lot. And I think she didn't even wake up. He was like, you fed her. That's very impressive. Always been the case? I've always been able to fall asleep anywhere, yeah. weirdly. Not weird. It's great. Is that, uh, and my sister, we and my sister, right? We, we went on a trip. It was a really incredible trip um, where we got to, if it was for charity, it was amazing. Um, anyway, it was a 11 hour flight and she, she gets anxious flying. So I said, don't worry, you'll be with me. Everything will be fine. And I'm not joking. We got on the flight and when we landed, I woke up. So I fell asleep immediately as soon as I got on the flight. I woke up, we'd landed. She'd had to have people um, help her on the plane. She'd had an anxiety, sit down with the with the stewardesses. had been really helpful to her. She, she nearly passed out. But the whole flight, I was like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, I am never flying with you again. You didn't wake up for not even for one toilet break. I was like, oh, sorry. Brilliant. So that's a key piece. Last bit of lifestyle, stress management. How do you, how do you buffer stress? I, until I wore that stupid monitor you made me wear, <laughs> I always thought I was never stressed. Like, I don't ever feel stressed. Nothing stresses me out unless unless it's someone in trouble or if my children were in trouble or, you know, if, if I was in trouble. Outside of that, I'm kind of a bit numb. Um, and if anything happens, I'm, I'm like, but are you alive? Are you healthy? Are you well? Then fine. Jobs, money, everything else is can come and go as long as you're 
safe. So I always thought I was really middle of the road, not stressed at all. But I'll put your money on her and it's red immediately. I was like, oh, God. Doesn't mean straight. I think that that's such an interesting perspective. It's such a, a strength because you, you say numb, but isn't it? It's not so much numb, it's more perspective. Yeah, I guess unless unless it's the absolute worst, is it really that bad? Is my my mindset, I suppose. Yeah, good. that sounds really horrible. But the, uh, I don't know if that makes people's everyday problems seem like they're not really a problem, which they are. But just to me, I don't. I sh- I I am a catastrophizer. So unless it's the absolute worst, I'm like, thank God for that. You know. <laughs> I, I think. There'll be psychologists all over the place going, brilliant. You know, and again, that ability to take small things, turn them into big things is a great challenge. You know, there's there's many quotes that say lots of people lived a highly stressful life worrying about the things that never happened. Oh, well, that is also me. <laughs> <laughs> can I be two different people? You can. That is also me. I definitely have the most intrusive thoughts that I have to work out how to put them away. I think it's a mum thing, though, because I speak to my other mum friends and they do it as well. Like, sometimes I'll be holding the baby and I'm imagining dropping the baby on the floor, like, worst-case scenario, or a pigeon flying down from the sky and stealing my baby and flying off of it. Like, I have the weirdest, (laughs) craziest thoughts. And, yeah, so I am also that person who worries about things that are never going to happen. But at a low level. Yes, low level. And I talk to people about it because sometimes I think, am I crazy? So I just constantly ask other people and there are other people out there like me. So <laughs> There's lots of people. In fact, lots of people are constantly ready for something to go wrong. Yeah. You know, and it's a great challenge. Everything, there's, there's a phrase now called an anxiogenic environment, which means everything is telling us to worry about something that may happen. Yeah. You know, 24-hour news, you know. Yeah, I can't watch the news. No, and I think, you know, so a lot of people will be feeling that in the sense of, there's lots that they're worried about that maybe won't affect them in any way whatsoever. I think there's also something to be said about uh, it, it being in your DNA and it being hereditary. Like, I remember my nana, and every time I went to her house, she'd be like, <gasps> put a coat on, you're going to catch a cold. <gasps> Have you eaten? <gasps> and I was like, oh, nana, are you ever on the out-breath? She's always on the in-breath. Like, she's, she was always <laughs> just so panicked. And I think it's because... For years and years, oh, sorry, excuse me. For years and years, she was from she was Polish Jewish, um, and her husband was from Burma, and they'd both fled the country. And I think their parents had fled, and and the, and their parents and their parents. And I think it's just it was the years of sort of being pushed out of somewhere and sent over here and told you don't belong here, and the worry that you you had to just up and leave or something might happen to you has definitely come down in the generations. I think it's in my DNA. 
how often your body is recovering <laughs> and recouping energy. It's going to measure how fit you are, but from a cardiovascular point of view. Um, and it's going to measure the quality of your sleep. Okay. So should we run through the results? Can't wait. So it's going to give you a score. Wait, before we get these results, can I disclaimer? I had to wear this while Joe got called. I mean, it sounds like he, he's some kind of hero. He, he's not. He got called on a filming job in Guatemala. And so I was alone with the kids, couldn't go to the gym, couldn't work. This is like probably the most high stress environment <laughs> three days of my life. Disclaimer noted. And it will only measure the days it measures. So I think, you know, you flagged this to me. We had a three-day window. So to get any, in your schedule, to get any three-day window is a miracle. Um, but Joe being Guatemala is in the footnotes. Good. That's what's in there. Yeah. It's a caveat. Lone it's actually parenting. a legal caveat. <laughs> so the score system, it's going to score you out of out of 100. And it's going to score based on how you're coping with stress reactions. So it's okay. how long you're spending ready for some kind of ominous threat versus how long you're spending, <laughs> which again, pulling on that genetic heritage might be a bit, and how long you're, you're truly switched off and restoring energy. Um, it's going to look at, again, it's separately at sleep and it's going to look at your physical activity. Okay. Let's start with fitness Go because on. it gives a fitness score. Well, let's start with the overall score. So your overall score out of 100 was 47. It's not terrible. It's far from terrible. I'm nearly halfway. You're so close. But again, interesting three days. So where's that coming from? So again, across the different areas, we've scored the stress, we've scored the, we've scored the sleep, we've scored the fitness. Fitness is, is a really strong area. So we calculate something called VO2 max, which is a marker of how cardiovascularly fit you are. It's not a score out of 100, because it won't sound great if I say that, but it's a score of how many milliliters of oxygen each kilogram of your body can eat in a minute. And I would love a score above 32. If I was being really ambitious, I'd love a score above 40. If you're doing well with your fitness, you're above 45. And Stacey, you're 48. Fuck you. That's crazy. <laughs> That's great. It's working. It's really working. The gym is working. So what does that mean? So it means that your body has got a really strong cardiovascular system. In fact, this parameter, this, this figure, is now being used as, as maybe the best predictor of how long people will live. Oh, don't tell me that, Ollie. I walk straight out the door and have anxiety. Well, how long have I got? Take the positive. <laughs> well, from this result exponential we're going you know this is a great hundred i can't give you a number i'll be sued but principally what it's saying is you've got a fantastic ability to convert oxygen into energy and okay. and realistically that's where it's coming from then that'll be a huge part of it right well you keep asking me where's your energy coming from from the ability to make oxygen into energy maybe we could Co coin this, my ability to do that, and make it for other people, can we? Well, you know, dare we say, are we promoting physical activity? <laughs> Would we be so Inject innovative? people with my blood cells. Well, people are trying to work out different ways of doing this in, in, in easy ways. What you are very clearly explaining is that there aren't easy ways to do this. You, no. you have regularly created a demand into your body that's gone, oh, I can't quite climb that hill on that treadmill. I can't quite run at that interval on the, on the, on the Barry's class. And then your body has decided to make an increased capability to deliver oxygen to solve that problem. So you've just adapted to continually giving your body the right type of exercise. So do you think that that, that score is directly correlated with physical exercise? 100%. Okay. Yeah. There's a small genetic component So you to can it. make it better and better. You can keep getting better. Yeah. Wow. And that will get better at every age and every, you know, every stage and every age if you continually give your body something it can't quite do. So lots of people go, oh, I'm fit because I walk my dog, etc. That will be activity. It's a different animal. Right? Activity is just doing the thing you can already do. When you get out of breath for those bursts, be that 20, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, etc., you, you give your body a challenge it couldn't, it couldn't meet, and then it 
it's unlike any other machine. It increases its capacity to meet that same challenge better next yeah, very time. Very neat. So clever. What's your score? It's um, it's actually I haven't done it in a while, <gasps> but my last score is is just a, a tiny bit above yours, <laughs> like tiny fifty two. Mm. No one's asking that. Oh, challenge, challenge. But you know, and that. This time be, next year, oh Ollie, my god, sixty. We could, I could meet you on the way down. You know, <laughs> no. and like, like anything. The question is where it's going. So you know, what what is expected as we age? Same with the muscle and body fat thing. Is everything to get slightly worse year on year? It's depressing, isn't it? It is, but that's not the way it has to be. You can get fitter and more muscle at every stage. Even if you're 100, you can lay down more muscle tissue. So, so the crux of that is you're super fit. Like super fit. That's really, okay. that, that classifies as very good against the age-related chapters. So you're, you know, you're moving towards athletic levels with that fitness. So you're working hard. It's brilliant. Working so hard. Now that's the strongest area. When I get oh. to the stress and recovery score, it's not quite as positive a picture. <laughs> In fact, what I'm going to do is show you a day in the life of Stacy. So on the screen there is, is, a, is, a, is a timeline of your day. I don't feel this stress though. And, Maybe and I had it in the wrong place. You definitely had it in the right place. It's, it's collected <laughs> a perfectly legitimate signal. Now this doesn't mean you're stressed, right? That's a really important phrase because I think as you've rightly described your perspective of life, you don't you know, experience high stress levels because you you have incredible filters, you have incredible buffers, you have a great emotional support network, you've got a great physical support network. What this shows is that there's no recovery in your day, right? And that that means at no point from when you woke up to when you went to sleep, did your body go, there's nothing for me to be worrying about. There's nothing I need to be ready for. Does anyone have recovery during the day? It's a good question. People do, but no one will have it without conscious effort to put it in i think that i think that me personally there is no point during the day that i can't be on it when we look when we lay out the beginning of this and we talk about five kids wife daughter you know entrepreneur you know there's so many inputs that that it's not a surprise that there's no physiological downtime in your day that all being said your body doesn't care what you do it knows what it gets and what it doesn't get. And over the course of each day, you don't recoup that much energy. Now, why that's not a catastrophe is if I scroll up here, you'll see that there is lots of green on your graph, but it comes... When I sleep. When you sleep. At least I sleep, because I was thinking, I wonder if I actually sleep or not. So I'm glad I sleep. You sleep beautifully. So your <laughs> sleep, despite you know waking up, you know, sorting a baby, sorting out the house, you know, doing doing all the things you're doing unconsciously some of the time, <laughs> yeah. which is a whole different podcast. <laughs> you know, despite all that, you know, that sleep is restorative. So your your sleep is the is the foundation of you having enough physical energy to wake up the next day. Now what I've done here is is turn the three days you wore the monitor into basically like a, a current account with spending energy being red and recouping energy being green. So spending versus saving. And you'll see over the course of the three days, if we started off here, we end up... In the overdrafts. You're in the overdraft. <laughs> now, your, your point again, most people are in the overdraft. The question is how long I can be in the overdraft before the debt gets called in. And, and for many people, that's years. Right? This is not something you have to... The human body's not designed to balance the books. You know, you'll know in those early months, you know, when the baby's been born, this couldn't be balanced you know people in a war zone this cannot be balanced people in a famine this can't be balanced so we are designed to deal with a period of imbalanced output versus input 
But the question is, if we understand that, what can we do to, to, to decrease its impact on us? So sleep is a rock star. What makes you sleep good? Are you still, do you have a, a wind down regime? Do you? Do no, you... I think I'm just so tired. <laughs> That's such a good point. That I like hit a wall and just go bam and that's it. And I genuinely think it is that because I wake up super early. I like to wake up early. I hate to wake up late. It makes me feel awful. Um, and by the time I've woke up at 5 a.m., by 9 p.m., I'm so tired. Yeah, which Yeah, is so I guess I don't really think, I don't think too much about sleep. Sleep tells me what I'm doing. I don't tell the sleep. It kind of just takes over my body. I get, I, I just immediately get tired and fall asleep. Which is amazing. In fact, that's really interesting, the fact that, that fatigue is a really important part of sleep. And the day you sleep best was the day you're most active. So if I look down through the days, the day when you really had quite a lot of physical activity. Yeah. And again, we can see you picking up children. We can see throughout the course of every day, you are low level active all day. In fact, on this day, how many hours was it? Three hours, 11 minutes of activity on that day. What, constant? Like, interspersed through the course of the day. So things that contributed to your health from a physical activity point of view. And that was the day you didn't go to the gym. Yeah. You know, so you are, and again, you're picking up children, you're moving things. So that level of activity, that day when you had that three hours, you went straight into quality sleep and the depth of that sleep was way better. And that, that builds up as what we call sleep pressure. So yeah. lots of people don't have enough physical activity or build enough fatigue to go to quality sleep. That's not your issue. Albeit, the two nights when you were less active, your sleep was slightly delayed in going into recovery. Yes. Do you feel that if you don't move? I actually feel that the day that I went to sleep really early was because my kids went to sleep really early. And the day, I think it was a, Saturday, a Sunday and a Monday or a Saturday and a Sunday, I can't remember. The the later two days, my kids just wouldn't go to sleep. Well, that's interesting. So, yeah, so then it takes me a while longer to like... Decompress. To feel that I'm going to go to sleep. Because once I see they're tired, it's almost like I can tell myself, you can be tired now because your kids are tired. It's the end of the day. They're going to go to bed and then this is your time, mama. <laughs> You're going to get to sleep. So my brain starts winding down from that point. But when they're crazy and hyper, you know you have those days where they just don't go to sleep. When they're crazy and hyper and running around late at night, I feel that my brain switches back into, you're back in daytime mode. So you, this marks the highest period of stress, so the highest 15 minutes of stress over the day. So on the third day, that was at 10.15. Yeah, that'll be bedtime. Yeah. That will be. <laughs> um, and again, there's that great example that, that any sort of emotional stress, you know, that might be a, a, the children aren't going to sleep, does create a physical reaction. Yeah. And the repercussion of that action is that day you went to sleep, but you didn't actually go into recovery for a 90 minutes after the point where you'd, you'd fallen asleep. Yeah, because I was stressed. Because you're holding, and, and stress is always the wrong word because people. But then I did do feel stressed. So, like during the day, I never feel stressed. But if I get to a point like the nighttime when I really, I know that I need to sleep. And I know I knew that that day Joe was coming back from Guatemala. I was going straight back to work to Manchester. So I knew the next day I had to be even more on it to go back to work and do the handover. Then not being able to get the kids to sleep stresses me out because I'm already anticipating the next day and how I'm going to deal with that next day. Absolutely. And that's where I might, at night, that is the only time at night that I might get stressed. Whereas when Joe's home, this is why this experiment... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's not always like Sorry, this. It's a technical word. <laughs> <laughs> when Joe's home, I can be like, Joe, I've got to go. I've got to go to bed. It's nine o'clock and I've got, got to leave at six in the morning. Whereas, because I knew he wasn't there and I was doing the night feeds and then I was going straight back to work and he was coming back. I think I was just like, oh. It's a great example. And again, it, it's one where the 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 less we control things, the more likely we are to get that exaggerated stress reaction. So Joe going away was was definitely meant yeah. you, you didn't have as much control. The control freaking me, lost it. And, and, lost it. <laughs> and we can see it. Now, if that does happen, do you have ways of pulling yourself out of that state? Would it be a bit of self-care, a bit of pampering? I've, uh, I honestly think the best thing for me is to let, just lay down and go to sleep. Even though it took me 90 minutes to get to sleep, it's, it would have took me longer to run a bath, put the oils in, do all that shit, and then try and go to sleep after. I feel like sleep is the best present to myself. Um, but if if I've got time, I do love a bath. I do love a bubble bath, and I'll go all out, Ollie. I'll put, like, petals in it, bath salts. It's, I call it a fresh bath because <laughs> you're almost guaranteed to get flushed the next day. <laughs> Like that, that is dream case scenario. <laughs> uh, it just don't happen. I don't really get those windows anymore. Before I had Rex, four years ago, before or, or actually when I had Rex as well, because he was oh god, he was the only baby in the family. Then my two older boys were older. I did have moments where I was like, oh, I can have a nice bubble bath. Oh, I can do this. But now I've got three, four, and under. There's no gaps. No one's having a bath. You're lucky if you wash your important bits and go to work. But like, that is it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and that again the body's designed to have periods where that is not possible well it has to it because has it to. gives us kids it does give us so if you're going to give us kids and make us make <laughs> us these children that are totally dependent on us you have to give us the ability to not sleep for four years it does and, and, <laughs> and the question is at some point that needs to bounce back but a bath a bath can be an unbelievable intervention to put some green on the on the map it works incredibly well I know, but who's going to win when? What's well, so, uh, when the kids are grown up? You know, you look forward to it. Just hang on. <laughs> Just four more years. Might, and it so might be. Back in the no, I suppose the, the question there is, you know, you, you start this and we say you're, you're nine out of ten energy wise, right? So yeah, we're, we're not going to let the data, we don't let the tail wag the dog. You're you've got enough energy to do all those different things that you're doing. If we were sat here and you said I'm three out of ten, and then we look, then we got to go right. How do we get? A bath midway through the day and and not a bath but how do we get something that yeah. puts recovery in there's lots of theories around most of our energy comes from non-physical sources so emotional energy you know the emotional energy that you get from your kids from that process of being a mum for being involved in in the ecosystem of your family and so we're, we're designed to work on in ways that we don't fully understand so we're not going to get too excited about the lack of green on that graph because you're <laughs> nine out of 10 and you're making conscious choices. I think there's an interesting point in the fact that during there, I can't see where you're sitting down for lunch. So the nervous system involved in recovery is also the one involved I in digestion. No kidding. No, I don't sit down. And that, that, you know, so if I was saying, look, you can't have a bath every day, but it would be interesting to see if, if you, you could chew your food. <laughs> And I'm throwing that in as a as a suggestion. It's because you're always so if you're at home, you're feeding someone else, and then you're like eating their food as you're feeding them. And if it, it, there's three, there's two high chairs, and one swinging on his chair, and you're like, shut up, soup, shop, still, oh, let me have a bit. I'll eat whatever's left. 
And that's all I, life is just a conveyor belt, constantly moving. And mine just happens to have like 500 kids on it. <laughs> no, no one in the world can find time in your schedule. It's impossible. I, it's a, it's, if I was making one observation. Oh, sit would down be, more. We would be that, that you. Look at me now. Yeah, How long is, have I been sat in this It's great. I bet it'd still all be red. I'm no, you'd be green as you'd be pure green here. <laughs> pure, guarantee it. Stress <laughs> of this conversation. <laughs> when, when, the, when you when you when you chew, when you focus on one sense at a time, that puts green on the graph. You know, and a lot of that is self care, self compassion. I would say you're absolutely right. To the, the the time cost of that versus the a the demand, but also the pleasure of the other things doesn't weigh up at the moment. So there is no such thing as a, as a really healthy or unhealthy behavior. There's just the context in which it finds itself. And the blend is you're nine out of 10, you're fueling so many different projects whilst pouring 100% into five children and, and, and Joe and a million other family members. So you are high energy, despite the fact that you haven't got the perfect result on the graph. What's your result? So I'm, this is, this is a, this is an area of strength for me because I, listen, there's lots of things that are areas of, you know, I have a similar perspective and, and, you know, we only create the stresses that we imagine, you know, there's very few real stresses. There's heat, there's cold, there's noise. Everything else is our perception. Your babies are older now though too. They are older now. It's that joy of when they get to, how old are they? Nine, ten. ten. When they get to ten. You you get to be with them, not for them. That's a beautifully put phrase. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that transition, you know, it's a misconstrued sentence, but the idea that anxiety has its roots in living in the future, depression has some correlation with ruminating on the past. Lots of people's past is fantastic, but overthinking things you can't control and happiness is the present. It's too simplistic to almost say it. But but one thing that, that I have, and I think we both have, is the ability to be in the present. Certain things you catastrophize, but mm-hmm. not everything. And that, again, shows up as, as the ability to, to be in the now isn't too bad. And the energy in the now is 9 out of 10. And I think we should take that all day long. So to summarize, Stacey. Go on. Super fit. Sleeping like a rock star. Juggling a million different projects. <laughs> Don't switch off brilliantly during the day, but who in God's name would? <laughs> who does? And doing incredibly well. So you should be jolly pleased that you radiate as much energy off the camera as you do on the camera. Oh, It's been a real pleasure to have you on today. Oh, I love you, Ollie. Oh, you're a legend. Much love here. I've so enjoyed that conversation with Stacey. She is always a physical embodiment of energy. And what's great to see is so much of that energy is coming from conscious actions and behaviours. Stacey's fitness regime is to be applauded and her fitness result wouldn't be out of place in a good quality sports team. She's working hard at moving exercise from something she genuinely didn't like to now being something she genuinely misses if she doesn't get it. And what a lesson that is. Yes, her sleep is rock star, but she also accepts the fact she can't control when it's potentially disrupted by kids. Stacey leans into the fact that her children will soon grow up and all these night feeds will be gone and she'll miss them. The human body doesn't need to balance its books in terms of energy day in, day out. We just need to keep an eye on controlling what we can control and accepting what we can't. And I think that's another area where Stacey's so strong. Her perspective that she describes as numb, I would disagree with that word, and say she has a wonderful perspective on not sweating the small stuff. We only create as many stress reactions as we imagine. And Stacey, by really recognising what matters and what doesn't, 
will make less stress reactions than other people, which is critical considering the volume of pressures that are incumbent upon her. Stacey is high energy in so many ways, from her relationships with her family, to her TV appearances, to her entrepreneurial pursuits. But many of the things that enable that are reproducible. Her fitness regime, her relationship with sleep, her delegation of tasks to family and friends, they're all things we can look at alongside a broader perspective of what really matters and what doesn't, and say how we can achieve similar levels of high energy living in our own lives. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with the amazing Stacey as much as I did. Do check out the High Performance app for more exciting episodes.